Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I'm Eric Fisher, and this is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I am sharing with you an amazing conversation I got to have with Dr. Michael Bruce, who recently released his amazing book, The Power of When, Discover Your Chronotype and the Best Time to Eat Lunch, Ask for a Raise, etc. We'll talk not just about getting better sleep, but about better activity alignment throughout your day based on your chronotype. It is honestly, guys, groundbreaking for me, myself. In fact, I'll tell you this right up front. This episode right here is the first in a three-part series on sleep. You will hear another episode all about getting better sleep next week, followed up by a solo episode with myself and some of the experiments that I've been doing based on the conversations that I've recently had with these two sleep experts. I think you're really going to enjoy this episode and the next two when it comes to getting better sleep and how much of an impact that that just makes in your life and especially your productivity, but also just your well-restedness and your peace of mind and your energy and your focus. It's going to be awesome. So anyway, it starts here and it's going to go for the next two episodes after this one. You're going to love it. One of the cool things that I've actually been doing recently is I have been repurposing or re-engineering my Evernote workflow. Evernote's one of those tools that is ever-present. People are always talking about it, and I decided I was going to use it much more intentionally, and to do that, I needed to turn to my friend, Brett Kelly, who's been on the show twice before, and his amazing how-to when it comes to Evernote called Evernote Essentials. You really need to check this out. If you if you don't already own it, he's constantly updating the book. So when you buy it from him, you then get updates to it every time he updates it because Evernote has made changes, etc. So make sure to go grab this. If you're, if you're one of those people like me who's always been like, yeah, Evernote, I'll get around to wrangling that tool down or getting the most out of it at some point, go to beyondthetodolist.com slash Evernote couldn't be an easier URL, and get Brett's book, Evernote Essentials. Again, Brett Kelly's book, Evernote Essentials, beyondthetodolist.com slash Evernote. Go grab it. All right. Enjoy this conversation with Dr. Michael Bruce. Well, this week, it is my privilege to talk with Dr. Michael Bruce about his awesome book. I mean, I guys, before we even hit record, I told him how much I love this book, and that's rare for me to do. Michael, welcome to the show. Hey, man. Eric, thank you so, so much. It's a, it's a super big compliment to get that from you, so thank you. I appreciate it. 
you know what? It really kind of is. I mean, I read a lot of books for this show, and I this know. was one where as I was going through it, I was thinking, and I even said this to you, I'm going to get my wife to read this, and I think she will. <laughs> and, and you know, that can be hard for some people sometimes to like pass oh, yeah. it off to a spouse and actually get them to be interested. But the, the book is The Power of When, Discover Your Chronotype, and then there's this whole other big – anyway, it, it, chronotype. Mm-hmm. Nobody knows that word. At least, right. unless they've studied this. So let's start there. So okay. what's a chronotype? I know chrono so, is is with time. So correct. That's correct. So chronotype is a, a categorization, a, a way to categorize when your body genetically wants to sleep. Okay, and so and and people have actually known about chronotypes for a long, long time. Even. People who don't study chronotypes have known about them, but they've been called something different. Uh, they've been called either early bird or night owl. So I think there are a lot of people out there who are who are familiar with those types of term- terminologies. But what I discovered was is actually there's not just two, there's four. And so I went into this whole kind of thing and I discovered this was something, the information I wanted to share with people. And that's where we get the book. Awesome. Okay, so I got to ask, what is your background that you felt like this was something you really wanted to throw a bunch of research behind and how'd you go about doing that? Yeah, of course. So uh, I'm a sleep doctor. Uh, I have a PhD in clinical psychology and I'm board certified in clinical sleep disorders. Uh, so I took a medical specialty board without going to medical school. And when I passed, they said, Oh crap, I guess you're a sleep doctor now. (laughs) And so I have been an actively practicing sleep specialist for the last 16 years. And, um, and in my, our practice, I treat apnea and narcolepsy, but my specialty is insomnia. Uh, those are the most difficult patients to treat. Um, they're the patients that I find the most rewarding, although I, I find all my patients rewarding, my apnea patients, my narcolepsy patients, everybody. But the, the insomnia ones are the toughest uh, more times than not because it's really difficult sometimes to figure out insomnia. And the way the book came about was actually because of several of my patients so when somebody comes into the office, I have a pretty, I have a kind of a toolbox, if you will, of, you know, evidence-based, research-driven techniques that I use, non-pharmaceutical when we can avoid it. I, I'm not a big pill fan. If I, if, if I can avoid them, I, I try to make sure people aren't on them. Uh, and I had this woman about three years ago, and I could not figure her out. And it drives me crazy when I can't figure out a patient. And so I just kind of started to dig in. And I was interviewing her, interviewing, and then finally she said something to me that was fascinating. She said, she said, Dr. Bruce, it's not that I can't fall asleep, and it's not that I can't stay asleep. She said, I sleep at the wrong time. Uh-huh. I was like, you sleep at the wrong time? What do you mean? And I had heard of people like who are shift workers, right, who have shift work sleep disorders. So they work at night, and then they sleep during the day, and their, their schedules get all wonky. Um, and then I have two children. I have a 14-year-old son and a 13-year-old daughter, and my uh, both of them like to stay up really late and then sleep in the next day, you know, like on the weekends. Like, it's a miracle to get my children out of bed on Saturday before like 11 o'clock, right? And so I'm like, okay, so I wonder if she's more like that than like anything else. And so when we started to really think through and look at what was going on with her, um, we discovered that her body naturally wanted to go to bed at around 1.30, 2 o'clock and get up around 9 o'clock. And that doesn't work well in her social world. doesn't work well in most people's yeah. social world, right? And so I, I, she said, you know, and to be honest with you, I'm about to get fired. And I was like, well, tell me what's going on there. Yeah. So she was like, my boss is tired of me. I can't get to work on time. I'm falling asleep in meetings. I'm not being productive. And I said, let me give him a call. So I gave him a call and I said, 
I want to run an experiment and I need your help. Can we have her come in about two hours later and stay about two hours later? And he was like, seriously, in a week, she's going to be gone from the company. Like, I'm going to fire her because she can't keep up. And I was like, look, just give me the week, right? Let, let me see what will happen. And he was like, I'm willing to try anything because he really liked her as a person. And he, but you know, she just wasn't completing the work that she needed to complete. So I said, okay. So um, I called him up about a week later and he said, I don't know what you did, but you changed her completely. I, I didn't do anything, dude. All I did was say, go to sleep at what it feels like your normal time and wake up at what feels like your normal time. And she was going to bed around 1.30 and getting up around 9. And um, he said that she was – so he, he said that she didn't have to come into work until 10.30. So she was at work at 10.30 every day. She was participating in meetings. She Her work product was fantastic. And so then I called her house and I talked to her husband and he said, I like her more. <laughs> Which great. I thought was fascinating, yeah. right? I was like, holy cow, that's interesting. Um, and then her, she was getting along better with her children. So all of a sudden, it started to become very apparent to me that by allowing her to work with her natural body clock, all kinds of good things could happen for this person. And, and then I was interviewing her a little bit more, and she said, you know, there, when, I, when I am at work, I find that there are some times I can do certain activities better than others. Right. Right. So like reading research or doing something analytic or being more creative or things like that, like those fell into these these time zones, if you will. And I said, OK, uh, we got to figure this thing out. And so I started to dive into the research. Did you know there's over 400 studies looking at chronotypes in, in various forms? Um, doing various things. And I said, okay, so that's pretty impressive. And the, the research on chronotypes started out about 15 years ago, right about when I was starting my practice. Um, and I, I can't say that I kept up with it, but it was always kind of an interesting thing to learn a little bit more because I personally am much more of a night person. Um, so in the categorization that I have for myself, I'm a wolf, right? I'm the right. person that likes to stay up late. I'm, I'm not crazy wolf like this patient was. This patient was kind of an extreme wolf. But I said, you know, it, 15% of people make up night owls, 50, about 15% of people make up early birds. There's a whole lot of other people out there. I mean, there's still 70% of the population is out there. I, I got to figure out what they are because almost all of the assessment tools only looked at the extremes. Yeah. Right? And so I said, well, that's not helpful. So I said, I'm just going to make up my own. And so I went into the literature and I started learning about the personality characteristics of all of these different types. And I started to ask questions because you'll notice in the quiz, I ask questions that don't seem like they have anything to do with sleep. Right. You know, I ask questions like, you know, what's your favorite meal of the day? You know, like, what does that have to do with sleep? You know, things like that. So we were able to create about 35 question quiz. And for those of you out there who haven't had a chance to take the quiz, if you go to the power of when quiz, Dot com and the, Eric will probably put them in the show notes for you. You can click on that. It's completely free and you go and you learn what is your chronotype. And, and there are four, by the way. So the first one, oh, and I changed the, um, the, the terminology because I'm not a bird, I'm a mammal and I want it to be more like, right. and, and I, you know, and I chose mammals that actually have this specific uh, genetic chronotypes. So the early birds turned into lions, right? Because lions have their first kill, uh, at dawn, they're up right right before, you know, in the darkness, and that's kind of when they go out and they do their thing. Bears, which make up about 55% of the population, are people that are in between. Um, and, oh, let me go back a second. So lions, these people, let me tell you the characteristics of them. They wake up around 5, 30, 6 o'clock in the morning. These are my COOs. These are my um, type A personalities, get it done 
kind of people. But what's interesting about them is they don't like to derivate from their way. Like they have a list and they like to go from point one to point two to point three to point four. <laughs> they don't like to move around a whole lot, right? And they have a lot of social issues because they're exhausted by 8.30. Like I have a, a, a friend of mine who is a lion. Um, I, you, you guys may or may not, Sean Croxton. Do you know Sean? Yes, I am, I am familiar with him. So he does a, a really kind of interesting podcast, Underground Health or something. And so he took the quiz and he found out he was a lion. And what was so fascinating is he was like, it was so validating because my wife, it drives her crazy because I want to be in bed by nine o'clock and she wants to be up late, you know, much later. And so that's the big problem for my lions is they have a really hard time being able to stay up late because that's not what their genetics want them to do. Right. And so socially they have some issues. My bears are my extroverts. These are the fun people that you love to hang out with. Um, if you go to lunch, you always want to go to lunch with a bear because they've got a funny story to tell or they know what's going on in the office gossip. Um, they're really good at work and life in terms of they like to play hard. They like to work hard. They get stuff done. They're kind of the fabric of society. Um, my night people are what I call wolves. So I'm a self-admitted wolf myself. Um, and wolves are a little bit more introverted. We are much more on the creative side. We're the artists and the musicians and the actors and the authors. That's kind of how we let our creative side out. Um, but we don't work well within society. We, we'd, I'd much rather sleep until 11 o'clock at night uh, during the day and then be up until 3 o'clock in the morning. Like That's where I do my best kind of stuff, if you will. But once you get a wolf's trust, they are super loyal friends and they will be your friend forever. Uh, and then finally are my dolphins. And so my dolphins are my problem sleepers, right? And so they're my type A personalities, but they have they have kind of a little bit of an obsessive compulsive uh, tinge to them. And so sometimes their obsessiveness gets in the way of them actually being able to be productive because <laughs> um, they're so worried about the details and things like that. It makes it kind of difficult. They're super intelligent, but uh, oftentimes they're not getting things done the way they want to. And they've got obviously issues with with sleep problems. So once I figured out these four chronotypes, you take the quiz, you fall into the buckets. Then I said to myself, okay, well, I know you need certain hormones to do certain activities. And I noticed from that patient before that she told me that there were certain times of day that she did things better than others. So I was kind of wondering, how do those things match up? And so I took 50 different activities that people do during the day and started to try to figure this out. And it was literally... It was like magic. It was crazy. Like I would look up an activity and figure out what are the hormones. And then I would look and it would, they literally just started lining up like, like, you know, ducks in a row. And, um, I can tell people the best time to have sex, eat a cheeseburger, run a mile. I mean, you name it. It's crazy. Still searching for a great candidate for your company. Don't search, just match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast, ditch that busy work. Instead, use indeed for scheduling, screening and messaging. So you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past, because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people, or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com 
Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's something that works so well, it basically feels like magic. For me, I'm thinking air conditioning, noise-canceling headphones, definitely. Meeting-free Fridays? What about selling with Shopify? Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your own shop stage to the first real store stage, you don't have to just sell your own stuff anymore. With Shopify Collective, you can curate products to sell from brands you love and give your customers more variety and your business more sales. Shopify is your no excuses business partner. Sell without needing to code or design. Just bring your best ideas and Shopify will help you open up shop. Shopify also helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort. Thanks to Shopify magic, your AI powered all-star sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash beyond. Again, go to shopify.com slash beyond now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash beyond. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Yeah, it, it, it's pretty insane how much it lined up uh, as I – so first and foremost, I uh, I took the test and uh-huh. I am in the bear group. Okay. And I realized – I love bears. Yeah, they're I so mean, much fun. I mean and, and I'm in, in – and they're the majority. I mean if there's four mm-hmm. groups and one of them's 55 percent, then yep. that's kind of the majority. But the problem is is – and this is where it really tracked with me is as I'm going through as a bear, I'm looking at all these things. I'm like, well, that's why I feel tired in the morning because I am getting mm-hmm. up. I am either forcing myself to try to be a lion or to right. be a wolf. And so right. I end up being a, a, a faulty bear or something like right. that. So you have you have what we call lion envy. Yes, exactly. Like <laughs> and, and, and there's so so that's where I want to say something that here is that a lot of people talk all about, because this is a productivity podcast, a lot of people are talking about, to be productive, you've got to get up at 5 a.m., or you could make 5 a.m. like your 6 a.m. or your 7 a.m. They give you some leeway, but they're still forcing you to move out of what you really are and into something that you're not, and you're saying, figure out which one you are, and then line your schedule up that way, and you're going to be productive and optimal at all times of the day. That's exactly right. That, that's and that's exactly how I wanted people to think of it. You know, um, I got interviewed uh, not that long ago by uh, Hal uh, Elrod, Elrod I think his yeah. name, right? The Miracle Morning guy. Yes, and uh, and it was fascinating because he brought me on to his uh, his movie. He's actually doing a movie because I was the juxtaposition. You know, because it's all about the Miracle Morning, right? It's totally. all about everybody get up early and everybody do this and do this. And and what I said is, I said, you know, that's great if you're a lion. But if you're not a lion, you're going to be killing yourself. I mean, it's just too much, right? So I think you can have a miracle morning. I think you can have a productivity time throughout the day. I think you actually you said it better than anybody has said it so far is once you line yourself up with your chronotype, you can be productive at any time during the day, just knowing and understanding how your chronotype works. Well, and for most people that are listening to this, they've always heard this 
argument between, well, I'm an early bird. No, I'm a night owl. And the right. fight between those, you know, the bird and the owl. And I, I actually had never heard the uh, the hummingbird, the in between right. realm. And I felt that's where, and, and again, that the hummingbird lines up right with where a bear would be, yep. and the majority of people exactly. would be. But they're feeling like they're being forced to go one way or the other in terms of getting optimal work done, where. They either being told, well, to be productive, you've got to get up super early like the early bird or uh, a lion, or you've got to stay up late after the kids are in bed and hustle then in the margin and be a wolf. And what's great is, is you're saying you don't have to, there is no silver bullet here. None of those, you know, you, you don't have to go one way or the other two extremes. You just need to find the actual true chronotype identity for you. And that's exactly right. I, you know, I always say, you know, you can't fool mother nature, right? This mm-hmm. is, and this is genetically based. Like, it's not like I just came up with these categories out of nowhere. It's based on something called the PER3 gene and the length of that gene and the width of that gene determines your sleep drive. And it also determines when your body wants to sleep from a circadian rhythm standpoint. Right. So just for people to give them a, a quick primer on sleep, it, sleep is actually developed based on two separate systems, okay? So you have sleep drive, like hunger, right? So I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I eat something and that hunger dissipates. The same holds true with sleep. There's a substance in your body that builds called adenosine. Uh, adenosine is a cellular byproduct. So when your cell eats some glucose, something comes out the back end, part of what comes out is adenosine. And that builds up in your system and hits a very particular receptor site in your brain to make you feel sleepy. Kind of as a little bit of a tangent, if you look at the molecular structure of adenosine and you look at the molecular structure of caffeine, they're off by one molecule, which is kind of fascinating, right? Yeah. So caffeine slips into that receptor site and it blocks the adenosine and that's why caffeine will keep you awake. And when you burn through the caffeine, that's why you get the crash because all the adenosine comes pouring back through, right? So that's sleep drive. Sleep regulation is actually by your circadian rhythms. And that has a lot to do with your chronotype, right? And again, that's biologically driven. So once you actually take both of these things into account, that's when you can figure out what your true sleep chronotype is. You know, I mean, I've never been good at fitting myself into somebody else's mold. I've always been much better at identifying who am I really, and then just kind of going with the flow. And that's, I think, what the the book is trying to accomplish here. Well, and I think the, the great thing about the book, as I was talking to you prior to hit and record, was the fact that a lot of these books come out and it's all about the science and and or they they forget the practicality of it or vice versa where it's just like well here's a bunch of tips and tricks but none of the backing behind it and you've done this great middle ground where you Thanks. back it all up i mean you you really do you like you you bring all the science in but not make it boring and you make it easy to understand and read. And then you also help us to identify which one of them we are right up front. And then we walk through the book and we look at all of our activities that we could be doing throughout the day and at what times a day and help us to tweak that you know, by going earlier or later. And we can optimize things. And as I'm going through it, I, I realized there have been times in the past where as a bear, I have uh, – I, I, one of the things is uh, getting up not early, but getting uh, exercise first mm-hmm. thing in the morning as a bear. That that's that's tough, dude. It, it is tough, but that has been one of the things where I fight it. If I have to, if I have to wait to try and fit it in, if I don't get it in first thing, you'll never do it. For me, somebody else, it's completely different. Exactly. 
So exactly, that, yeah. I mean, it, it, just left and right, I was feeling confirmed. I'm a bear. I'm a bear. Like if I went <laughs> and by past uh, experience alone, like just looking at that, because there there was a season mm-hmm. in my life where I would get up every morning and first thing I'd go out and I would walk, and mm-hmm. I, it was before I was even really awake, and I didn't have caffeine until a little bit later, and right. it was just right on track with what you were saying. So experience proved true. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's it's a lot of fun for me because I love hearing stories like yours. You know, I love it when people identify. And, um, I, you know, I was talking with one person and they said, you know, I read your book and I have a whole section on on when to talk to your kids, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, obviously is pretty important. Um, and um, when I was telling when we were talking about it, the guy said, you know, I read your book and I had my wife take the quiz and I had my kids take the quiz. And we realized that we could actually go into some parent counseling. And it could be really helpful for us. And so they're using this as a topic for parent counseling. And I was like, whole, like I never in a million years wow. would have imagined, you know, that people would take it to that level. And I was, I was so honored, you know, like it meant so much to me to hear that it was so available to people that they could say, Hey, how can I use this to better my life? So it's been, it's been super rewarding. That's really cool. I, I that's an amazing application that even you didn't anticipate. No idea, dude. No idea. That's so awesome. Well, I mean, if you think about it, fundamentally, we're talking about knowing yourself better so that you can do the right things at the right times, which is what productivity is all about, and even mm-hmm. make clearer and better decisions about those tasks uh, at the right times. But then we're also talking about if you know yourself well, and then the person that's also interacting with you, your spouse, your kids, mm-hmm. know that you know them well and they know themselves well in regards to this, then everything – it's almost like those receptors. They suddenly then yeah. start to click better as like a family <laughs> unit, you know? Yeah, exactly. So, it, so I'll, tell you, I'll tell you an example of mine. So my daughter is 13, and she's a wolf, okay? She's a night person. And when I pick her up from school around 3 o'clock, um, I say, you know, how was school? Fine. Do you have any homework? No. Uh, did you talk to any friends? Not really. You know, like those are the answers that I get. Yeah. But if I walk into her room at 10 o'clock at night and I say, how was school? She'll talk to me for 45 minutes. Oh, gosh. Right? Yeah. It's just fascinating. Like it's really interesting. And like she and I have bonded so much more because now I know when – to approach her, mm-hmm. right? I know when to talk with her more. I know when to kind of understand what's going on with her. And that's really interesting. That's really cool. Well, so you said you're a wolf and she's also a wolf. So that's really helpful there. What do you suggest to somebody who's <laughs> – so for a parent like me who's a bear and maybe has a wolf child, how yes. then do we – if I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm ready for bed, but she's wide awake, when mm-hmm. should I talk to her? So it's all about education. Okay. And so, so what I'm doing, so it's kind of weird because my whole family, we call ourselves the wolf pack now because (laughs) my wife is a wolf. I'm a wolf and both of my kids are wolves. Right. So like we won't have dinner until eight o'clock at night because none of us are hungry. You know, like that's just how we work. Um, but there are differences. And so in the book, I actually created matrices for when to do certain things. If you are one chronotype and your and your partner is another chronotype, that can be very, very different. But in your case, you're a bear and let's say you're you said your daughter is a wolf. I think so. I haven't really thought about it. I'm going to kind of have them work through the quiz as well. Yeah, for sure. So one of the things that, so what's good about bears is because bears are extroverted and they can kind of get people there. What they can, what you can do is start to move later in the day in terms of when you want to talk to her. You don't have to do it at 10 o'clock at night. But what I would say is 
you know, instead of hitting them right when they come home from school and, you know, what, what, cause you, cause what you're thinking is, Hey, this is my prime time. It's three o'clock. I'm running and rolling. I, I've got my, my energy level is high, blah, blah, blah. So just during that energy time, write down a couple of questions that you would want to ask her and hold them. Right. And then say to her, Hey, can I talk to you, you know, tonight before you go to bed? Just a quick, you know, check in, want to see how things are going. Not like anything big or important, anything yeah. she has to worry about. And, um, and just walk into a room while she's getting ready um, before bed or before right after you've gotten ready for bed and just ask her one or two of those questions. You'll be fascinated at the length and the depth of the answers that you will receive. Well, I think that's the key there that I've noticed where I suspect she kind of is wolf-like because mm-hmm. a couple of days in a row recently even, late at night, she gets real talkative. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I've got to focus to like really listen <laughs> because right now she's sharing and that's mm-hmm. good. And so I want to be there for her you know, as her father yeah. and feeling yeah. that pull of drowsiness myself, but not on, and seeing it's not on her. She's, she's not right. tired. So Right. Yeah. So I was talking with one gentleman and it was fascinating. He said that um, he's a wolf, but the rest of his family are bears. Okay. And so what he does, and he doesn't want to, he doesn't want to eat dinner with them because he finds if he eats dinner with them at like six thirty, then the refrigerator is open at eleven thirty, twelve o'clock at night, and he's you know rummaging through it because he's got a sweet tooth, right? Because he ate too early, so he has what he calls a pre-dinner, right? So nice. he sits with the family, and he has a very very small portion of whatever the meal is, or or just a salad, right? And then at eight eight thirty. He sits and has his meal, whether it's reading a book or, you know, chatting with his with his partner or wife or whatever. Um, And what he discovered is, is by doing that staggered meal plan, he isn't gaining weight like he was before, which is amazing. He's not, you know, opening the refrigerator at midnight, scanning to see what there is in there. And he's still able to have that community family time because meal time really is probably the most prominent family time that anybody's going to get. Yeah. Yeah. We try to make that as, as prominent as we can. And I, I think the other fascinating thing that I started to glean from this was this idea that the chronotype doesn't really lock in right at first when mm-hmm. you're first born. So the whole, right. the, 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 basically let's talk about this, that, that over time your chronotype can, it doesn't necessarily change. It just adapts. Maybe is that a better mm-hmm. way? Like from because babies well, are crazy at first. Like they're up all the right. time or or at right. night, and then they transition into what they really are. But then we also change out of it into the the elderly, where they're going to bed. You right. know, the, the early bird special and all that kind of stuff. You know, exactly. No, you're right. I, I call it chrono longevity, right? And so across the lifespan, we start to see people moving from chronotype to chronotype. And so there's some pretty set things. So we know that, you know, infants and toddlers are lions because they're up at 530 in the morning and they're raring to go and then they're napping during the day and they're they're kind of a little bit all over the place. And then when they hit like school age, they seem to lock in as bears, right? So they're going to bed when the sun goes down, they're waking up when the sun comes up, kind of bear like your bearish kind of tendencies. And, you know, society is really built around bears because that's the majority of society are bears. Yeah. Um, and then when they hit teenage years, they go into sort of a wolfish phase, right? So that's where they want to stay up late and sleep late. And then they, once they kind of hit adulthood, they lock into one of the four chronotypes. Then as you kind of move on in years, so I'm 48 and like, as I'm approaching 50, what I'm noticing is that I'm moving slightly towards being more of a lion. Like I don't go to bed until midnight, but I wake up at 630. Right. Because I only need six and a half hours of sleep. So right. just for those of you out there, eight hours is a myth. All right. 
Very few people need exactly eight hours of sleep. Everybody's different and you'll know how much you need. But I'm kind of a wolf who only needs six and a half. So I go to bed at midnight and I wake up at 630. But what I'm what I'm finding is, is as I get older, my, that's starting to shift and I'm wanting to go to bed closer to 11 and wake up at six type of thing. So it's going to start to shift. And a lot of times you end up shifting a little bit earlier or you can shift more towards a dolphin, which remember are our problem sleepers. And that has a lot to do with medical conditions, medications you're taking, environmental uh, things, stuff like that. Well, let's talk about that. The dolphin seems to almost be the outlier to mm-hmm. the, you know, if we, if we went with that original uh, structure of the birds where you had right. early bird, hummingbird in the middle, and then night owl, um, mm-hmm. when you brought those over, that's the lion, the bear, and the wolf. The dolphin's right. one we haven't really talked a lot about, and... Mm-hmm. What are, let's go back into those characteristics again, just as a quick revisit. Like they sure. are that outlier because they kind of are all over the place. Right. So my dolphins are my type A personalities, um, highly intelligent, but they really do have a difficult time calming down. These are my warriors. Um, they have a tendency to have a significant level of anxiety um, and their levels of anxiety and obsessiveness can actually prevent them from actually being productive and get in their way. So like, What's fascinating about them is these are my insomniacs, right? These are the people that come through my door all the time and say, you know, Dr. Bruce, I tried everything I can to sleep better and I can't do it. And so when I actually can give them a sleep schedule, and that's the first thing that I do with my dolphins, is I actually give them a sleep schedule. And we talk about it in the book, is when you're a dolphin, the first thing that you want to look at, you don't want to go changing, you know, when do you have sex and when do you eat? Start with sleep right? Because sleep is one of your biggest factors. And once we can get them locked and loaded into a sleep schedule, lots of other things become easier. But dolphins are a challenge. Um, I think dolphins probably get a lot out of this type of a book because first of all, it validates them. Like you were saying, it validated you as a bear, right? Um, But also it helps guide them. You know, the perfect day in the life of a dolphin helps kind of give them a way to schedule things out. Um, And and not that bears can't uh, relate to this. You know, I've got bears it's kind of funny is now I'm starting to get calls from companies and they're saying, will you come in and chronotype our company and then we can have meetings. So like as, as there's an advertising agency, so they have a lot of creative people, then they have salespeople and then they have um, management. Right. And so the goal is to find the times when all the, cause a lot of the creatives are wolves. So we're, we're scheduling those meetings later in the day. Um, the, the managers were scheduling early in the day cause a lot of them are lions, right? And the, and the bears are a lot of the salespeople. So we're having those meetings more towards the middle of the day when their energy levels are high. So it's kind of amazing what people are adapting to and the dolphins, you know, they, they do struggle. Um, but once we kind of start to get them down the path and they understand what their chronotype is, they don't feel so guilty anymore. I, I will tell you a lot of people feel guilty because like you were saying, they don't get up at five 30 and, you know, meet the day and all these different things. But I'm much a bigger fan of more of like a a Tai Chi kind of methodology. Just kind of go with your flow, right? Just kind of figure out who you are and work within your genetic boundaries. I promise you it'll be a lot easier. Yeah, that's awesome. I know that there's one other thing other than Mm -hmm. your your aging from, you know, birth Mm -hmm. to being elderly uh, is the lunar cycle. We have the yes. you know springing forward and saving time and all those anyway the daylight saving time is the yeah. right way to say it. Um, how that affects this as well in an interesting way. 
It does. It does. So daylight savings time. So first of all, I used to live in Arizona. I lived in Arizona for 10 years where they don't participate in daylight savings time because quite frankly, there's enough sun there to last a lifetime. It's very, very interesting. You know, different chronotypes will be affected differently by daylight savings time. Um, My dolphins have the worst time with it because depending upon if they're gaining or losing sleep, either one doesn't seem to work well with them. Nothing seems to affect bears when it comes to sleep. Bears are my great sleepers. They can go to sleep, fall asleep. I mean, the occasional night of insomnia every once in a while, but generally speaking, they're fine. Um, But my lions don't like it when they uh, lose an hour. No, my lions don't like it when they, yeah, when they lose an hour. And my wolves love it when they gain an hour because it's more falls in line with what they're doing. So we have different reactions to that all the time. Yeah. Well, and I know that as a bear, though, I Mm -hmm. don't like it being still dark when I get up. Yeah. Even at a normal time when it's like winter time. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't realize that. Seasonal affective disorder kind of stuff, too. Mm -hmm. Yeah. and, And so, you know, light. You know, one thing that people should take away from this, and, and so if you wanted to try to shift your chronorhythm, which is not my biggest thing to do, but if you're gonna if you're gonna force yourself to do it, light is the way to do it. And you know, you mentioned light. You know, light has a dramatic effect on our ability to sleep. So what happens is, is light comes in and it hits a group of cells in your eye called melanopsin cells, and these send a signal to your brain to turn on or off the melatonin faucet. So remember, melatonin is kind of like that key that starts the engine for sleep. It's not the only thing that you need, but it's certainly one of the most helpful things. And so light is the easiest way to wake yourself up. So for example, when you're a bear and daylight savings time comes along and now you're having to get up in the darkness, make sure that you've got really good, bright lighting. Um, As a matter of fact, I worked with this really cool company called Lighting Science Group. Um, You can look them up on the internet. I think their website is like lighting.science. And um, they actually make the light bulbs and the lighting systems for the NASA space station. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, it's, it's incredible. And so what's interesting up there is their day changes every 90 minutes, right? So every 90 minutes, the sun rises or falls for them. And so that has a dramatic effect on their own chronotypes and their own abilities. You know, And a lot of those guys are lions because they're like big go-getters, getting up early in the morning types of people. But you know, if you get drowsy and you make mistakes on the space station – that's when people get hurt, you know, and so you have to be very, very careful. So this company actually made these light bulbs and one group of light bulbs has a filter inside it and it cancels out all of the blue light. So blue light is the light that affects these melanopsin cells, 460 nanometers. Mm -hmm. Um, But you can't tell. It doesn't look like this weird, funky light bulb. It's just a regular old light bulb. And then they also make these what what they call wide and awake or, or alert and awake bulbs. And so I keep those bulbs in my bathroom. So in the morning, I flip on the switch and it's like, boom, it's like the sun hits me. And then at night in my bedside table, I have these, um, I think they call them good night bulbs. And um, it's really pretty cool, actually. I mean, it, it's pretty amazing how you can use light as a, a factor in how to create your environment and how to sleep. Well, that's and that's for people who have kind of in the last well, a couple months upgraded their their iPhone uh Right. It's it's I forget what it's called. I think it's called night it's shift. Called like night shift. Yeah. yeah night and shift. so I I have that turned on to where at about seven something in the morning yep, in the morning too. and in the evening it shifts to it pulls that blue light in or or out depending on exactly. which which one it is. And so then I'm not if I have to look at my screen, which I also try to like not look at screens as much right. at a certain point in time in the day anyway. Um, sure. But if I have to, that it, uh, it is not blue light. That it's the sunshine shining in my you know eyes at night and keeping me awake. So, yeah, yeah, no, I mean it's and it, it's a great way to to kind of 
work with your own circadian rhythm. And it's, it's, I call it the ultimate biohack because it's really about understanding sort of the timing of when your body can be most productive. But light is something great to use. And now companies are asking me to come in and help them develop their lighting systems, right? And so, so I bring in this group lighting sciences and like we can have like on a manufacturing floor, we can have light that can actually help with alertness, you know, and things like that. So it, it's very, very interesting to sort of see what we're doing these days. That's awesome. I, I just really, I, I'm so excited about this book and being able for people to figure this out. This is one of those things where we've kind of gotten way off track as a society in terms yeah. of really like, like, you know, we, we, you hear all about the agrarian like society where it's mm-hmm. like the farmers and that's, it was all built around that. And then right. we kind of said, well, forget that we can have lights on at all times every day and everything. And and we yeah. just threw this all out the window. And I think now we're realizing we got to go back to not just the, you know, getting up at the crack of dawn and, you know, going to bed when it's the right time. But we do, again, we have these genetic predispositions that really signal uh, when we should or shouldn't be doing certain activities. And, and this is great. It's been awesome talking with you, Michael. I can't wait for everybody to get this book. Tell them where they can get it. Sure. And so, take the um, quiz. Is, yeah, take the quiz. It's at thepowerofwhenquiz.com. Um, and you can buy the book after you take the quiz. You can go to my website, which is thepowerofwhen.com, or it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, local booksellers. Um, I've been actually finding it in airport bookstores a lot lately because I've been doing a lot of travel for media for the book. And it's funny because I'll walk over to the airport and I'll I'll do a selfie with the book and you know, put it up on social or something funky like that. Awesome. So uh, it's it's widely available, and it's also available in audio. So for you folks who like to listen to their books, um, and also Kindle version as well. That's awesome. This has been great. And again, I can't stress enough that everybody needs to go check that out. And I'll have all the links to everything we mentioned uh, in this conversation in the show notes for this episode. Michael, thanks so much for being on the show. This has been great. This has been my absolute pleasure. If you ever want me back so we can dig deep into when to have sex or drink your coffee or eat a cheeseburger, I'm, I'm there. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. So I hope you're walking away from this conversation, identifying even initially with a certain chronotype. But then I also hope you go grab the book. You can find the link for it over at beyondthetodolist.com slash 157. That's beyondthetodolist.com slash 157, where you'll find the show notes for this episode. Make sure to click through, grab the book, devour it, and then learn, one, how to get better sleep, based on your chronotype, and two, how to order your day more effectively, again, based on your chronotype. It's making a huge difference for me, trust me, and you'll hear more about that in a future episode. Also, make sure to go grab Brett Kelly's book, Evernote Essentials, at beyondthetodolist.com slash Evernote. You need to master Evernote. It's one of those tools that is just ever-present and ever-awesome, as is Brett's book. Make sure to go check it out, beyondthetodolist.com slash Evernote. Thanks again for listening to this episode. If this episode helped you, please share it with somebody that you know needs to hear more about how to get better sleep. Tweet them, Facebook them, Facebook message them, snap them, Instagram story them. Anyways, thanks again for listening. I'll see you next episode.
Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of the Noodle Mix Network. Find more of our award-winning and award-nominated podcasts to make you think, laugh, and succeed at noodle.mx.